And I want to say right now for anyone out there who's in a terrible place with pain or loss or grief, anything of the really difficult emotions, even anger, you know, it's important to get the help you need, asking for the help of, of a, a somatic healer or a therapist or a doctor is not a weakness. It's a strength. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows us and our spiritual strength, frankly, to be able to, to recognize that vulnerability and to ask for help. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, that's a really hard thing to do. It was for me. It was really yeah. hard to ask for help. Yeah. But I did. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Wittig, your host. And today I have like a soul sister here with me. <laughs> we only just discovered we have a lot in common. I'm going to just introduce you to my guest, Kathy Harmon Luber. Thank you, Lauren. Yes. Kathy is a certified sound therapy and sound healing practitioner, Reiki master, and an inspiring author and wellness guide whose passion is helping people navigate the challenging terrain of the healing journey. Last year, Kathy launched a best-selling book, Suffering to Thrive, your toolkit for navigating your healing journey, how to live a more healthy, peaceful, joyful life, which is full of wisdom gleaned from decades of healing from her own debilitating health crisis. Kathy helps others find their compass and chart a course for navigating illness, injury, and loss, learning how to not only cope, but to become more resilient, joyful, and thriving. She has appeared in Yoga Magazine, Authority Magazine, MindBodyGreen.com, Women's World Magazine, and numerous podcasts and radio shows. I am so happy to have you here, Kathy. Welcome to Curiously Wise. Thank you, Lauren. I am so delighted to be here and looking forward to our conversation. No, we started early. We just we just had so much fun getting to know each other that we've we've been chatting for a while. But I wanna I wanna invite you to just start by letting us know sort of how your spiritual journey began. It's a great question. Truly, my spiritual journey started when I was in my 20s. And I just had this 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 incredible just hunger for something more. I was a seeker from a very young age. Like as a child, I grew up in the in the the woods of Pennsylvania and the trees and the animals were my friends and I talked to them and and I was very, very nature-based, and I, and I always have been. And then in my 20s, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I just became so curious about, about life and, and everything and why are we here and all those big questions. And so my journey began with meditation and, and Buddhism. I, I started there, and I just became curious about world cultures and how different cultures including a lot of indigenous cultures, look at the creation of the world and our purpose in life and, and all of that. So I've always been on this, this spiritual journey. Fast forward to 2016. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've always had a lot of health challenges ever since I was a little girl. I think that's, that's part of my spiritual journey has been this healing journey that I'm on. And in 2016, up until that point, I'd had a lot of inherited, inoperable spinal diseases. 
And I was managing really well. I have a lot of autoimmune issues going on. I was managing great. You know, I was reversing some of the things that doctors said could not be reversed. And then one day I had gone to a to a client. It was an overnight trip. It was here in California, uh, several hours away. I drove, came back the next morning. I'm standing in my kitchen telling my husband as the coffee is brewing all about the, the, the meetings and everything, which I was really excited about. And another disc ruptured in my lower spine. Now, I had had four up until this point. Mm. And so I thought, you know, okay, another, another couple of weeks, another couple of months, depending on how long they take, different ones took different lengths of time. I'll be back at it. I'll be fine. He helped me to bed. I could not get out of bed for, for a, just a general doctor's appointment later that day. My doctor, you know, you know, phoned me and we had a conversation. I says, yeah, I'll be fine in a couple of weeks. Nothing to worry about. Except it was something to worry about. I was bedridden for five years. Mm-hmm. And two of those years were completely bedridden. The first year was, I can't sugarcoat it. It was horrendous. Like, I have a job. Like, I write grants and and help nonprofits who make the world a better place. You know, I had, I had a full slate of clients and busy, full life. Up until the day it happened, I was hiking and biking and swimming and all the things. And then it was like the great universal smackdown. Mm. That's what I call it. It was a smackdown. And it led me, Lauren, to a, a different place on my spiritual journey. It was like, we're not messing around anymore. This is what you're made of. Like, like, figure this out. Like, you know, are you going to make it or are you not? And as you can imagine, there were plenty of dark nights of the soul. Yeah. Where I said, I, I, I was depressed. I have a, a, a whole life of, of dealing with depression and, and anxiety and other things. And it's like, they could have taken over easily, very mm-hmm. easily. But at that moment, when I realized after a few weeks, it, this is really bad, I could not. The only thing I could do was to get up out of bed in extraordinary pain to go to the, the bathroom about 10 paces away. That was it. I couldn't walk to the bedroom door. I couldn't get to the kitchen. couldn't dress myself. It was seriously bad. And so, you know, you, you face that point and it, it becomes very clear you know, how are you going to get through this? So I, I looked to my spirituality. Early teachers like Wayne Dyer, Pema Chodron, the, the, the Buddhist nun, she's written some wonderful books on what to do when things fall apart, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and I sat with those books and those quotes. And I, I've been a journaler since I was a little girl. And I started just writing down quotes of wisdom that got me through a day. And my goal is just to get through one day. It really was one day at a time. It was like, how do I get through today? And I realized very early on that suffering is a choice. Now, I'm not talking about like people in war-torn countries as we have today. There are certain sufferings that we have no control over. Those kinds of circumstances are different. But in our own lives, in our own lives where we have a choice in every moment of every day. And in our spiritual studies, we learn this. Every moment is a choice. And it's really easy when you're in a really terrible moment 
to forget that, right? Yeah. Like we we don't, we we forget that like in this moment, I have a choice. And one day it occurred to me, it's like, you need to practice your your spiritual medicine, girl, you know? <laughs> and that lesson kept coming up. Okay, so I realized at some point I could choose to just wallow in this and be miserable and become a miserable old woman one day, devoid of hope. Or I could choose something different. And I was like, okay, well, that's something to, to contemplate. Wow. Well, what am I going to choose? It's different. And I chose, as Pema Chodron says, you know, you have a choice of love versus fear. Every mm -hmm. moment, every day, everything we do is that choice. Fear. It's an easy place to go to when you're on the healing oh, journey. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a really easy place to go to. And I had plenty of that. And I was like, how do I transform that to love? How do I make a different choice? And how do I choose joy? How do I look at ability versus inability? I was extremely physically active. There were times in my life I was very athletic, you know, a dancer, you know, a hiker, all the stuff. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't even go to physical therapy. Hmm. So that was really big. I was swimming three hours a week. The week before, I was walking about six to eight hours a week. The week before this happened, now what? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, flat on my back. I can write. I did that. I play classical flute, which is out you know, to the side and torques the back, something terrible. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do that anymore. And I was performing once or twice every week years. And, and that came to a crashing halt. I picked up my Native American flutes. My husband brought them to me and said, see if you can do this. I couldn't ride horses. I could sketch horses. You know, it just became about, yes. So I, I actually, Lauren, I made a list of everything I could no longer do. And beside it, I put, what am I going to replace it with? And no. I started asking the right spiritual questions. You know, we go to the place of why me? Why is this happening? This is so unfair. And the downward spiral, right? It just, that's where the mind goes. We're all human. And I realized I had to like catch that really quickly and say, okay, ask a different question. Ask, what is the gift? And this comes from a lot of spiritual teachings. You know, it is the proverbial silver lining, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is the silver lining? And when you are in extraordinary pain and can't move and everyone is doing everything for you, it's really hard to find that place. But I recognized, and I think it's because of a long time of, of the spiritual path that I was able to find that place and say, okay, you know what you have to do. It's hard to do it. But it was like, Ask the right questions. What if this is the beginning of something wonderful? Spoil alert, it was, you know? What if there's a gift here? What if it is the way, the portal that you find your life's purpose? It is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just, I journaled about that. I, I woke up every morning and I meditated on those things and I asked the questions. And I stopped going to that dark, negative place. And I got help. And I want to say right now for anyone out there who's in a terrible place with pain or loss or grief, anything of the really difficult emotions, even anger, 
you know, it's important to get the help you need. Asking for the help of, of a, a somatic healer or a therapist or a doctor is not a weakness. It's a strength. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows us and our spiritual strength, frankly, to be able to, to recognize that vulnerability and to ask for help. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, that's a really hard thing to do. It was for me. It was really yeah. hard to ask for help. Yeah. But I did. And then I, I, I started just building daily practices, new daily practices of, of finding the light. And I consider myself a shamanic practitioner and Reiki energy master and light worker. And it's like, mm-hmm. where are you, Kathy? Like, <laughs> you have to show up as that when you're in the worst place, not just when you're in the, the best place and able to share mm. with others. That yeah. spiritual lesson, I definitely needed to learn that because, you yeah. know, in those early months, I wasn't showing up for that. I wasn't, you know, that, that's a hard lesson to learn. I think so many of us sort of, I'll speak for myself, I dabbled with spirituality for a while. I, I did it very quietly and and you know cautiously and and without letting other people in my life really know what i was ex- exploring i had one friend who was you know my confidant kind of thing but i had a i had not nearly such a, a, a devastating health crisis but i ended up in the icu and after getting tested for allergy shots not even allergy shots but tested for them and that was a big turning point for me because I ended up going to see a, a a very talented healer who was able to do what the doctors couldn't. Now, I'm like you. There are times where doctors are absolutely the thing you need. Definitely. But this is complimentary. And it changed my life. I walked out of, of a one-hour appointment solving the problem um, of my allergies. This is years ago now. Still don't have allergies. And I walked out going, I want to be able to do that. Wow. Kind of little little spark in me, a little fire in me. I had always been, I wanted to do something to help people feel better. I've always wanted to, I considered medical schools. I'm not a science person. I thought about becoming an acupuncturist. I had started meeting psychics and and a couple of healers, you know, and worked a little bit with them. I have a a master's of public health. I thought I could do it that way. (laughs) But I walked out of that appointment going, okay. This was miraculous for me. I want to be able to do that for other people. And I think, I think a lot of those, those of us who are kind of like not comfortable with it, but we're curious about it and we're not all in yet, but our, you know, the spirit wants us to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a big kick in the butt to, to stop you in your tracks and go, wait a minute, this isn't working. And then I love what you said about you got curious yeah. and you started asking questions. I mean, this is curiously wise, right? How do you gain wisdom? You ask questions. <laughs> yes. So I love that you did that. And also that that question, what if, as a novelist, that is the number one question that you have to keep asking when you're writing a book, when you're telling a big story. And so I love it when people say, yeah, I ask myself, what if? It opens up everything when you say, well, what if? And you allow yourself to just dream big. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting about being a novelist. I hadn't thought of it in that through that lens before. Yeah. But yes, 
it changes the entire ambiance of where you are when you start asking the what if. What if something better is in store? What if I did this? Because we're looking at things from the place within us of infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. How many of us sit around thinking, I have infinite possibilities? Like, yeah. I know at times in my life, I was so not at that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it did take this. It, it was a big wake-up call. I call it the universal smackdown for a reason. It was like, yeah. pay attention, Kathy. You know, I had been... I had been integrating complementary medicine for decades was really, and I am a science major, by the way, I'm a okay. major and I, and I almost went into, I, w I was pre-med for a while and then realized I really didn't like blood, all that. So I thought that's not going to work out so well. But anyway, I, I, I come from it, from the science mind, you know, why, like when I think of the, the sound healing work I do, I looked into and took courses on why is there science behind this? Why does this work? But, but we have to suspend that a little and just say, you know, when you start asking those questions, you're, you're actually, you're, we, we are energy beings, right? And everything is energy and our thoughts are energy. Our actions are energy. It's all energy. So we change the energy of ourselves to say, not what if something terrible happens, but what if something wonderful is about to happen? That's one of my favorite little mantras. Yeah. Something wonderful is about to happen. But if you approach it from the question, I don't know, suddenly everything feels a little lighter and the energy feels better. And I believe we start attracting. It's kind of a law of attraction. Yeah. We're attracting those things that that are are better and good for us and in alignment with our resonance right yes right it's not good to hang out in that place of negativity for long i mean another lesson i applied during that time that i do every day is gratitude you know i have a mm -hmm. a very robust practice of gratitude not just morning and night all throughout the day gratitude because it really does change our our vibration our frequency does it does I, I, I feel uh, like a, a lightning, you know, and I was telling you beforehand that I was, I was kind of having a hard time this morning. It was emotionally kind of down. My kids are having some issues that I'm, they're grown, but you know, they're still my kids. So I'm kind of worried about them and I'm, and they're on the other side of the country. So I can't do much. Right? So, so I really just, I knew that I needed to raise my vibration is the way I describe it. I needed to get myself back into that joyful, light-filled, happy place that I love to live. And I don't always use sound, but I, I have a, a chime back here, that lovely chime that I have, I've started using pretty regularly in my office here, but I have a, a little fountain. So I turned that on because I like the sound of the water. And I told Kathy, I have a, a bamboo flute that hangs on my wall just above my fountain. I haven't played it in maybe 10 years, but I got it out this morning and I just strolled around my office playing it. No particular tune. <laughs> and my dog's looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it it lifted me up. It just this, the, the vibration of it, the joy of making music or bringing beautiful sounds into the environment. It really lifted me up and I felt so much better. Nothing else had changed in the exterior world. Right. But I had impacted my interior world in a positive way. Yes. And there's so much wonderful research being done now 
with sound. And we have evidence for why what you did, why that works. Like there's some spectacular, very accessible, understandable kinds of research that's coming out of major universities, places like Rutgers and UCLA here in California that 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 show in the science lab where where, where sonic scientists are working with medical researchers and looking at cells of the body in a petri dish and seeing that when sound is applied to them, they become reinvigorated. Even more fascinating than that, there's a guy by the name of James Jim, James Jimzuski, I think, out of UCLA. <laughs> it's a mouthful. I have a hard time remembering it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's doing this spectacular research that will change the frontier of, of medicine. Uh, a lot of us believe it's, it's that big. And, and it is this, that he's discovered that every grouping of cells, like heart cells versus brain cells, makes their own sound. They have their own frequency. Mm. It might be 40 hertz, it might be 10 hertz, whatever it is. They have their own hertz uh, frequency. And when they are atrophied, damaged, whatever, when we apply that same frequency to them, they become reinvigorated. Mm. Done this research on red blood cells and white blood cells and, and brain cells and doctors are increasingly, in fact, this is really fascinating to me, many, many integrative medical departments in hospitals, as well as nursing homes are increasingly adding Reiki and sound healing as a complementary therapy in hospitals, in nursing homes, because doctors and other medical practitioners are seeing the benefit of this and the, the, the most interesting research, which hasn't even been published yet, is they're doing these same kinds of, of research studies on brain cells, mm -hmm. and they've determined the frequency that works on brain cells in like Alzheimer patients and, and, and how they're, they're, they're seeing it push the needle a little bit in their recovery. And they're hoping to use that in the future for people who, who don't have that but want to use it as a preventative, mm -hmm. as well as people who are suffering from, from brain disorders. So, yeah. so the future of medicine and how sound and energy healing are integrated is really fascinating. It's at the forefront. But it's yeah. why it also makes you feel good, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's there's a I, I I have no idea who it is. I don't I don't connect names and where I found information with the interesting information that my brain holds on to. I am not a scientist kind of person. But there was this whole series of experiments done with water. Oh, yeah. And either like yelling at the glass of water and then you 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 freeze it or you grow something in it and then you you love on another glass of water and you do the same experiment with it and things thrive with the with the love filled water yes. and they do not thrive with the angry water. Dr. Um, Emoto. Dr. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Luck. Yeah. There's it's also like, with the, the um, sound frequencies, there's also the, the plate that they would put like sand yes. on and do different frequencies. And some are very chaotic and some create these beautiful geometric shapes. Yes. You know? yes. So it's it is it's fascinating what's being learned. My mom had dementia, and so I was doing a lot of, wasn't Alzheimer's, but it was dementia. But I was doing a lot of sort of, you know, trying to figure out how to help her, you know, to, to operate better. 
And I came across a video on YouTube, I think, about about music and people with Alzheimer's and how if you played music that was part of their youth, yes, they their brain came alive and they could sing along and they were present and just and then you turn the music off and it's like right back to exactly. You know, how cool is that? So cool. And my one of the teachers I've studied with, John Stuart Reed, he's he's what's called a cymatic sonic scientist. <laughs> and, and he does a lot of those. He's developed this cymoscope, which which makes sound visible. Ooh. But it's it, and it's beautiful. It's, it's they're, yeah. they're gorgeous patterns. It's sacred geometry. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. really incredibly beautiful. But he has discovered in his research that. 20 minutes of sound that you love is healing. So, it, you know, we always think music from our youth and also like classical music yeah. is kind of a no-brainer. But like if your favorite music is something different, hip-hop, jazz, anything, if it's music you love, it is healing to you. Yes. Because each of us, as you know, we're, we're all very unique. We're mm-hmm. completely different. And what works as a complementary therapy for one person, like as I'm thinking of supplements, might not work for another person. Yeah. All unique. Same with sound. If it's music you love, if it's 20 minutes of sustained music you love, that is healing. How easy is that mm-hmm. to build into our daily lives, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. All of us can do that much. Yes. The other sound thing that has been on my radar lately is that if you combine in a therapeutic place, like you know, a healing space, or your office, if you need therapeutic sound, is the is the sound of nature combined with soft music. Yes, and the sound of nature is it's like we evolved with that as our our comfort zone. You know, it's our comfort sound, and and I thought that was amazing because what do I do when I really am having trouble like regulating my emotions and stuff? I head out the back door into the woods behind my house. I talk to the trees. I listen to the birds. I smell the air. You know? That's amazing. And, and and even in Japan, they prescribe what they call forest bathing, yes. which is you get out in nature. And they're talking about this, the chemicals of the trees. But I know that the sound of that, all of that, is important too. Yeah. In it's, fact, that I, I write about that in my book, forest bathing. But also, I have a whole chapter on just getting out into nature. Nature is healing. We are not separate from nature. We are part of nature. But in modern life, you know, we're in our houses or our offices. We're closed off to some degree or to a lot of degree. Mm-hmm. A lot of people live in cities and, and nature is harder to find. But I, I suggest when I give a protocol to my, to my sound healing and Reiki clients, I say, get out in nature. Spend as much time as you can. Talk to the trees. Sing with the birds. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing, Lauren. I'm glad you mentioned this. Humming. You know, Jonathan Goldberg, Goldman did a lot of studies probably 40 years ago on the humble hum Mm -hmm. and how healing that is because humming stimulates our vagus nerve. And that's the wandering nerve that that goes all through our body. But it, it helps regulate things like blood pressure and heartbeat and breathing, all the things we don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. Humming. Is extremely healing. And so I, I always tell my clients, go outside, whether you're at the ocean or on a mountaintop like I am, or in a forest or woods, or you have a park in at the end of your block in a city, you know, 
go out and hum. You can walk down the street humming. You can be in the grocery store humming. You know, hum. It's when we sustain things. And and again, it's not a one and done. It's it's right. like we have to build these into our practices. And I have a humming practice. I go outside and walk on our property almost every day when it's not snowing or raining. And I hum. And mm. Humming and singing are both wonderful, but humming is so healing because of that. And and the the power of nature and the sound of nature, the wind in the trees, the birds, the animals, our ears are connected to every organ in our body. Oh, I did not know that. I, I didn't used to know that either. It's one of the things <laughs> I learned in my studies of sound, you know, and becoming certified. The ear is connected to every organ in your body. And some people, some researchers and all have said that, I wish I could remember the name of who said this, but I'm, I'm blanking on it, but that when you hear beautiful sounds of nature and everything, or you hear humming or singing or music you love, it's the equivalent of massaging all the organs in your body. Wow. You- <laughs> I love I that. I totally get that. I yeah. totally get that. But I think that is the important thing for our listeners and viewers to know that if you want to integrate sound into your life, sure, you can go to a yoga studio and Mm. sometimes you'll get sound incorporated. You can go to a sound bath with a sound healer like Mm. myself. And increasingly, we're doing this via Zoom, which is the sound quality is just as effective and it's just as, as powerful as being in person. And so, yes, you can do all of those things. but getting out into nature or being in your home and playing music you love, singing, humming, you know, tapping percussively on your, percussionately, I guess would be the word, on your, on your body, anywhere mm-hmm. on your body. A tapping is yeah. very healing. There are so many things that we can do. Like you, I have this, the Zephyr chimes that you showed and I make it into a little ritual. I play them in the morning when I wake. I play them in the evening as I say my gratitude, along with a little little Tibetan singing bowl. That's mm-hmm. my little evening ritual that says it's time to go to bed. But I will tell you that throughout the day, if I'm really stressed out, if I'm having a hard time emotionally, if somebody has said something or something in the world has set me off, I use a chime. You could use your outdoor wind chimes. You could, mm-hmm. you could you know, use, there are beautiful apps for our phones that are just two dings of a Tibetan bowl. Mm-hmm. Incorporate those into your life and they are like an instant reset. I hear that sound now that I've been training my brain in this. I hear that sound and it's instantly I relax. And it doesn't take hours of meditation. You don't have to go in a cave and meditate for a day on a mountaintop, you know, just little, little practices that we can weave into our daily life. I call that integrating and anchoring the sound healing work. And we do that, it changes us. It changes our health. It really does at a very deep level, profound level. And it's such an easy thing if you if you can make it a daily practice, even for a few minutes, it's preventive health care. You know, because you're you're helping your body stay you know, in its favorite resonance all the time instead of having to let it get out of whack and then try to bring it back. Yeah. Disease is disharmony. Mm -hmm. And if we take that literally, harmony, being in harmony, 
and being out of harmony, that is when disease creeps in. Yeah. You know, when we're consistently in that stage of fight or flight. I've yeah. been there. You know, I, I know uh, what that is. Too. And <laughs> we too. have to break that. <laughs> we yeah. have to, to get ourselves and out of that. That sustaining that state, fight or flight, is super hard on your body. Oh, terrible. It's hard enough on your brain and your and your emotions, but your body will really feel the wear and tear, even if you're just sitting on the couch depressed. Doctors will tell us this. Yeah. You know, can't live in that place. And yeah. I have some wonderful doctors, you know, doctors of integrative medicine, functional medicine, regenerative medicine, naturopaths. For anyone out there who's saying what doctor says that, those are <laughs> some of the doctors that are that are really up on the latest research and integrate many of these complementary modalities, right? Yeah. And so th all of them will say and have said to me, you know, you can't be in that stage of fight or flight. We humans are wired that way because we did have to run from saber-toothed tigers. Mm -hmm. But when we're at our jobs and and in this constant state of of, you know, fight, flight or freeze, you know, or or just anything that's going on in your life that 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 you feel those emotions, that is taking a toll on your health. And especially if you like me have autoimmune Mm -hmm. One of the worst things in the world, autoimmune stress is my biggest trigger. I work yeah. very hard to manage it with sound, with energy work, all the things, but nature also, you know, yeah. for anyone out there who's going through a something, examine your stress and say, how can I incorporate singing, humming, sound? Mm -hmm. There are also beautiful sound baths you can find on YouTube, you know, yeah. they're free. So there are yeah. many resources for people. Should they should they want to pursue this further? Yeah. So one of the resources that I want to just briefly bring forward is your book. Oh, thank you. And I want to bring it forward because it's first of all you're a beautiful writer, and you 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 help people step through the journey that you've been on so that they can do that for themselves. But at the end of it, you have a set of tools. So I, I want to just, because that, that's so practical, like the sound healing and, and making a ritual out of it, that's very practical information. And so if, what are your top two tools that you would suggest to somebody who is perhaps just super stressed out and needs to find some, some way to start to break the cycle? And we talked about the sound healing, so I, you, you can't talk about that. <laughs> And I'm not going to talk about nature because we've we've covered no, we that. We talked about that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to suggest one thing that that is 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 immensely powerful. But I think a lot of people just might look at it and say, you know, this is not it, it, it's not a tool that would just come to 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 people naturally. And that is compass intuition. Intuition. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> oh, intuition. It's our inner healer. It's our yeah. inner healer. I've got a whole chapter on this because it's so important. It is the inner healer. It is the deep listening. It is the, and, and some people say, oh, yeah, I use my intuition or I know when I don't. Like how many times do we say, oh, I should have followed my gut. I should have listened to my heart. Mm -hmm. Human beings are created with this spectacular heart of wisdom. And so often in our chakra system, which are the energy centers, which I think most of your listeners will, will know, Probably. the heart is in the middle of our seven or eight or 
there, there are 12 or 12 <laughs> numbers. I mean, there, there are many more than that. But let's just take the basic seven or eight. The heart is in the middle. What happens when we live from a fear-based place, which is the lower chakras, or we're not tapping into our and, and building our energetic fire, and we're too much in our minds, our heart becomes closed off. Our, our heart chakra is not open and vibrant. Our heart speaks our inner healer. It speaks our inner wisdom. Often, like when we learn about intuition, we think it's here at our third eye, and I'm going to find it right here. <laughs> and, yes, that too. But, but our heart needs to be open and unblocked. We need to listen to our hearts so that we have a, a free channel and we have an open channel that wisdom burbles up from our hearts into our voices, our throat chakras, so we can speak our authentic truth. How many of us? And I think you'll resonate with this. How many of us have been in a place in our lives where we did not share our spirituality? I raise my hand, you know, <laughs> like practitioner. I haven't always shared that with mm -hmm. anyone for a long time. <laughs> and then it was, oh, just not the people at work. And then certain yeah. friends, but not other friends. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, that's not speaking your truth fully, right? Yeah, right. Step into that. And if we're not fully listening to our hearts that say, oh, this nurtures me. This, this wisdom feels really good. And we're not speaking that authentically. And I'm not saying you have to broadcast it to the world on a podcast or in an article. Right. <laughs> and you have to be comfortable with, with, with being it, with living it. You're not accessing all of your inner healing wisdom. And that was a huge lesson. I like to say our healing journey is embedded in our life's journey, is embedded in our soul's journey. And what is the voice of the soul? It's our heart, our mm -hmm. hearts. You know, the, the, the Cherokee call our hearts Shante Ishta, eye of the heart. Ooh. Eye of the heart. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Our, our heart sees and observes the external, the internal. And we walk in both worlds, or should. Yeah. <laughs> and when we only walk in the material world and aren't listening to our inner healer, our inner wisdom, our heart center, our intuition, we're not hearing all of that wisdom that, that we could have to lead a better, more full, more, more passionate life. And I believe at this time in our world, what is needed more than anything is for each and every one of us to step into our life's purpose, our soul purpose. And we can't just, we can't just rationalize that. We can't just sit down with our journals and say, I think I'll come up with that today. Right. <laughs> our hearts first. We yeah. Into our intuition. And so that's why I think it's important. Like I am so tapped into my intuition that I get messages in my dreams. Like I wake up hearing nervines and I'm like, what is a nervine? I don't know what a nervine is. <laughs> Do the research and figure out, oh yeah, it helps you handle stress and sleep better. Yes, I definitely need that. <laughs> that happens to me frequently where I get yeah. messages and it's like, yeah. hey, I'm tapped into that and I have to heed it. We have to honor those things. Yes. And that's the other thing. You have to honor them. But I do believe, to get back to that thought, that right now in this world in peril, 
where where there is so much going on that's just tremendously difficult for all of us, especially mm-hmm. empathic people, but every single person in the world. Those of us who can hear this message and understand it and want to want to have light in our lives and not evil, we need to we need to tap into that and and really go to that inner place and and find and ask the question again it's asking the question and i ask this every day of my life what is next on my soul path mm. what is my what is my and i know i think i know it's ever evolving but i think i know for today what my life purpose is and and it's like, but what is next on that soul path? If you don't know your life's mission right now, meditate on that. Ask the question. Mm-hmm. I know my soul that I have a greater purpose in life. Help me find it. Ask the question. It's that asking for help thing. It is. Ask yeah. your soul. Ask source, God, your higher power, whatever you call it. Ask the universe, whatever you want to call it. But go into that inquiry, get quiet, find places of stillness in your life throughout your day. You don't, like I said, you don't have to go up on a mountaintop and sequester yourself for months. Oh, that sounds like fun. (laughs) It does. It really does. I live on a mountain. I don't quite have that yet. (laughs) But I have moments in my day when I can do it. And so find those moments. Go into deep inquiry. Journal. Go back and reread your journal because I'm telling you, things came up from years ago that I went, and that's how my book came about, where I was looking back in my journal and I went, I think there's wisdom here that other people need to hear. Yeah. And if I can help one person, that's a soul path for me. And that soul path has evolved to helping more and more people by podcasts like yours, getting the word out and writing the book and and my YouTube channel, which has little bits of sound healing and, and other meditative things that people can go to for a moment of peace. It's like, that has become my new path. I did not see that path <laughs> or I was bedridden all those years ago, 2016. I did not see that path. I had mm-hmm. a very different path that I was certain was my soul path. Mm-hmm. But the world needs people like, like us. I mean, every single person is unique. We have incredible authenticity if we tap into it. And that is the gift that every person has, a gift to bring forward that the world needs right now. And we may poo-poo that and say, oh yeah, I don't think that's really a gift. Like I sing to the trees. I've always been singing and humming to the trees. Mm -hmm. And so we're all like, that's not a gift. That's not a gift. Just something I do when I go out for a walk in the woods. It's normal for you. (laughs) But it's becoming part of the healing Yes. That has worked its way into my sound healing, Mm -hmm. that has worked its way into these these YouTubes that I do, that people write back to me and say, that changed my life, those two minutes. I'm like, wow, that's great. Yeah. So I couldn't see it that way years ago. It was just something I did. Maybe for every listener or viewer out there, maybe there's a gift tucked inside you that you recognize or you don't recognize. And if you recognize it, maybe you don't recognize it as the gift that the world needs. Every one of us is woven into the tapestry of nature, of Mother Earth. Every one of us 
has a gift. Every one of us is a little shining pinpoint of light. We're not all the light. We're not the entire light in the universe, but we're one speck of stardust and light. Yeah. And that's what has to be brought forward right now. And we find that through through intuition. Okay, I went on a very long time about no, one. I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. Because intuition is something people, we're not taught to respect it. No, we are. You know, it's women's intuition. You know, that's what, when we were kids, that's what you were told. Oh, that's just women's intuition. No, it's, that doesn't count. Prove it. <laughs> we're often told, like, I was a very, I'm a very, I, 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 I'm very creative. I do not only music, I do art. I'm very creative. As a kid, I had a lot of imaginary friends. And I imagined that the bunnies talked to me and the trees and the deer when I was outside. They talked to me, you know, it's like and that gets shut down pretty quickly at some point. It's it's really adorable if you're three or five. But as you get older. Yeah, a lot of dreams, you know, it's like that's just a dream. Right. Right. So, so it does get shut down. But yeah. it's time for us all to like tap into that again yeah. yeah and that's i think that's part of why i was led to do this podcast because i never i had no I had no idea i would be doing a podcast but suddenly it was like oh we're doing a podcast because i i know that i'm here to get my voice out and yes. voice is a is a vibration that's and right. i was told that this was a beautiful way to get it out more broadly and to share the voices of others more broadly and so I'm, I was like, okay, but we're going to do this. <laughs> right. You listened. You I heeded did. the call. I heeded and the call. Thing, yeah. So Maybe people... not the first time. That's right. <laughs> but so many of my clients will say to me, I'll say, listen to your intuition. You know, it will help to guide you. Tap into that more. I give exercises for that. And, you know, a lot of people will say to me, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I used to and I don't anymore. And I don't hear it. I just don't hear it anymore. We don't hear it when we don't honor it, when we don't heed it. You heeded it. Yeah. I'm heeding it. But what I'm, I'm stepping into even more now, there was something I wasn't heeding was I have dreams, night dreams and shamanic visions, and they bring big wisdom. This is all, it's been my life but more so in the past year or two, just big time, especially the past year. And one of my one of my dream teachers, Robert Moss, who's written quite a lot of books about conscious dreaming and, and all kinds of good stuff. If you don't know him, he's fantastic. And I've taken a couple of courses with him. And what he always says is, honor the dream, honor the journey. How are you, we wake up from the dream write it down. I've been keeping a journal since I was a little girl, but now it's not only trying to make meaning of it and to find the arc of dreams over periods of time, which is just mm -hmm. illuminating in a way that we think, oh, it was just that dream and that message. They're all woven together with a thread and we have to unravel that and find the meaning. But at the end of every dream, I always write, here's how I will honor the dream. Mm. And I have a lot of dreams about bees as a small digression here, but the bees are amazing and they've been honored since, you know, for thousands and thousands of years by the bee priestesses and the frame drummers, of which I also, I, I began to honor it five years ago by becoming a frame drummer, by learning mm -hmm. frame drumming. But I've been having 
be dreams. And I'm deathly allergic to dreams, to, to, to bees, bees. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to bees. And like you, I have quite a lot of allergies, including vaccines and lots of things, but bees is the biggest. And I'm having all these dreams about bees. I'm trying to make meaning out of them. And I thought, I'm not listening to Robert Moss. I need to honor my dream. I began making collages, bee collages to honor the bees. This summer, I am happy to say I sat outside all summer, not in my encased netting that I put over our umbrella. I sat outside all summer long, no netting. The bees did not aggressively attack me. And it, it sounds very woo-woo, but I've, I've honored the bees, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I drum outside and I create my intention. Intention, there's a whole chapter on intention in my book. Yep. Uh, create the intention to honor the bees. Mm -hmm. And I've had better bee experiences this year for the first time in my life. <laughs> so honoring our intuition. Yeah. Whether it's a dream, whether it's a journey, whether it's daydreaming. There's a chapter in the book on dreaming and daydreaming. How mm -hmm. important this is. Again, we tend to dismiss it because of society telling us, oh, it's just a dream. Stop daydreaming. We're told yeah. in school, oh, right? Oh, God. When I was a kid, little kid, I was constantly told, would you pay attention? Stop, Stop daydreaming. Stop daydreaming. Yes. And so, and so we just push that off, you yeah. know. But now is the time to come back into that and, and then honor it. I, I had a brilliant shamanic vision recently that I've not spoken about anywhere, but I had a brilliant shamanic vision giving me a new name, a name. Mm -hmm. And I then had a dream, and this was an outdoor visioning. And I was outside touching my two towering cedar trees and, and it just poured forth. And I, you know, it's, this is not made up stuff. It just like, it just comes. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> and, and I, I came back, I, I, I journaled it. And as I was walking back to the house, one of my signs and symbols ever since I was, you know, many decades ago, feathers like you, yeah. <laughs> you know, six feathers from six different birds. That doesn't wow. happen. We have a very small backyard. Wow. <laughs> forest, sure. But they were not from the same bird. It was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta honor this. I gotta honor this whole thing. I made a collage. I had a dream that involved a wolf. And then that night that I started the collage, integrating all of these components from the dream, I had a dream that I was in a room on a, on a high floor and there were many hawks and hawks as a spirit animal, many hundreds of hawks outside. Wow. Just their, their, their wings. And then there are no windows open. Suddenly the room is filled as a white room, big, spacious, beautiful windows, no furniture, filled with fluttering, almost as if they were alive, hawk feathers. <laughs> so into the into the collage I incorporated hawk feathers. And mm -hmm. so and and that was in August. All I can say is I opened the valve, I opened the portal, and mm -hmm. like the dreams have been coming fast and furiously about the next steps on my path. Mm. And I thought I was tapped into my intuition before that, but until I began honoring it in very specific 
which it just intuitively felt right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, you don't have to struggle to find these things. It just they pop into our heads. Like if we're an open channel, as Sandra Ingerman always says, and, and others before her said this, but, but she says it frequently, we become the hollow bone. Yes. Let the messages come to us, whether so they're extreme. night dreams or the day, daydreams or, or the wandering about your land or taking a walk in the park or down city streets. You know, I lived in cities for, for mm-hmm. years, many, many years, L.A. and Washington, D.C. Oh. Like those messages came when I was walking on the streets or driving in my car. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's about tapping into that. But the missing link is honoring it. And then one more one more important thing is setting an intention. I am open to to the to the voice of my heart, to the message of my heart and soul. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, I've written all of these things down and I put them in my in my numerous journals and I also put them on post-it notes on the bathroom mirror or the refrigerator, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, because we get busy in our lives. We're all busy. You know, it sounds like I have this idyllic life living on a mountaintop, you know, dreaming and journaling and doing all the stuff. And it's like, I have a very busy full-time job (laughs) and and family and the whole thing, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and community commitments and, 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 and sound healing practice and Reiki practice and the whole thing, like a big full life. It's easy for all of us to forget what is important. And have to keep coming back to that and if you need to put post-it post-it notes up all over your house that's what we do yeah in our day and age so. yeah another very practical suggestion there <laughs> all right i think we're coming to the end of our time so can you let the folks know where to find you oh i'd love to yes thanks for asking at suffering to thriving.com that's the name of my book suffering to thriving your toolkit for for navigating your healing journey. And there they can connect to me on all my social media. They can find the link to not only all of that, but to YouTube to find those moments of peace videos I, I spoke of. And very soon, Dr. Charlize Davis and I will be doing a free offering on healing the heart chakra. And I will be posting information about how you can sign up to to access that for free it is a big robust beautiful offering there's not only from from the sound healing and reiki energy perspective dr charlise is also a a reiki master like myself and she is a a a doctor of internal medicine and so between the two of us we talk about the western medicine side of it and how we integrate complementary medicine of, of vibrational energy. And oh, it's awesome. really, really powerful. And at the end, I give a free sound bath. And so you'll not want to miss that. No, I, want, I don't want to miss that. <laughs> so I'll have all of that information in the show notes for the listeners. So you don't have to like scramble to try to remember all of that. But basically, it sounds like if they just go to your your website, that everything is going to be there. Okay. And they can learn how to work with me. There's a page called Work with Kathy, Mm -hmm. and they can reach out and contact me. And I've got another free offering there, which is my infinite possibilities meditation. 
And it's all about what we were talking about earlier, Lauren, about how when we come to this place of expansiveness and just spaciousness, that we can we can embody this feeling of something bigger for ourselves and not the bad what if questions, but what if something bigger is in store for me? What if I have a bigger purpose in my life? You know, all of that, I, I've made it into a beautiful meditation. It's called a seed meditation, where we are seeds that we plant to be to blossom into bigger, bigger things. So it's really beautiful. And I think I think viewers will enjoy that. Yeah, great. Thank you for having so many great things to for people to go find and and use in a practical way. I love it. Honor. I love it. I love it. All right. I want to thank you for being here with us today. This has been so much fun to talk to you and to learn from you. I've learned a lot. I've taken notes and I am I, I'm just really thrilled that that we got to connect and share our journeys together a bit. Then an um, life. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to thank the listeners also for being here. And I hope that you'll come back next time for the next episode of Curiously Wise. And in the meantime, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitting. Stay curious.